From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uncle Funky Larry Jones, good Sunday morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, man. You know, the weekend's always a crazy time for me because, you know, we'll Fresh off of an episode of Ready to Love, was, there's was, the social was, media reaction. I was going to mention to all of that. So how happy just, we are for you and really love. Ready to Love. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. You know, um, summer is creeping up. I mean, oh yes, sir. You know, and so the kids are going to need yes, something sir. to do. <laughs> Indeed, and we have on the phone line the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club, Brazoria County, the lovely Amber Newman. Welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited. Yes, indeed. Tell us about you. How long have you um, been over the Boys and Girls Club of Missouri County? So I'm going into my fifth year as the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Missouri County, and it has been fantastic. It has been a journey, but a good journey for us. Yeah. Um, what was the interest? Did you go to the Boys and Girls Club as a as a child or a teen yourself? And you know, decided to uh, stay with the organization? How did your connection with them happen? Yes, I'll tell you. Um, so, no, I did not grow up in a boys and girls club. Actually, I was a latchkey kid, so I went home after school by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but my husband actually was a member of the boys and girls club, and he still has his membership card, so that is too funny. It, it's basically full circle for our family. I'm a proud graduate of Texas Southern University, and I have my master's from the Mickey Leland um, Barbara Jordan School of Public Affairs. And Mm. so I got my master's um, in public affairs and with a focus in nonprofit. And so I have been in nonprofit for a long time, but I actually made the decision to become a CEO of a small nonprofit when I was on my study abroad trip uh, to Ghana, uh, a part of the program that I was in at PSU. So that is how I um, became the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club. I just want to give kids the opportunity to have a safe place to go uh, so they don't have to go home alone uh, during these times because we know that Internet is um, kind of a scary thing because there's, uh, you know, human trafficking that goes on on the Internet. And, um, and so we just want to keep kids safe, and that's what we do at our club. Mm-hmm. And. Amber, first of all, congratulations on all of your accomplishments, and uh, we thank you for being on the podcast. In the midst of COVID-19 and some folk being vaccinated, some folk now uh, not, um, can you explain to us how summer camps will help keep kids safe and engaged throughout the summer? Oh, absolutely. So our summer program is an eight-week program, Monday through Friday, um, starting June the 2nd through July 30th, and we operate 730 to 530. So parents that have to work, they can bring their kids. We'll even feed them breakfast, lunch, and snacks. Um, so we'll help cut down those costs on those uh, grocery bills for those parents. And we monitor the kids by trustworthy adults um, so that parents don't have to worry about their kids not being supervised. Uh, you know, about people. And then um, it, our program is affordable. We do a sliding scale as well as offer uh, scholarships to those uh, families that can't afford the program. Mm. Is this um, you all's uh, return to the summer camp format uh, due to COVID? Well, actually, last summer we were able to still offer summer programming. Oh, um, yeah, but we did it, 
with social distancing, which we still will do this summer, um, we will have it. Our ratio last summer was one to 10, or well, excuse me, two to 10, two adults for every 10 kids. And um, so this summer we will do the same thing. Uh, we'll move it up to 12 kids though. So it'll be two to 12, uh, our ratio um, per classroom. And so the difference is we know that with COVID, kids fell behind um, for, for whatever reason. Some kids didn't have technology or access to technology. And then some kids just are not learners um, through virtual. And so we want to help bridge that gap for those kids um, that are behind. Um, and we'll do it while having fun. So we'll help them to learn and get caught up while having fun. Mm-hmm. So, Amber, I was a hesitant kid the first time I got sent off to summer camp. And then after the the first two days, I didn't want to go home. So mm-hmm. I understand immensely how much fun there can be at a summer camp meeting new friends, uh, making new friends rather, or just hanging out with some of the guys and girls from the neighborhood. Um, can you tell our parents what your program or your curriculum uh, is all about when, when, when the kids come to your camp? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so when they first uh, come, parents drop them off um, as early as 7.30. We'll feed them breakfast, and then we divide the kids by their appropriate age group um, for our program. So we'll have some kids that may be in a room where they're conducting STEM projects. You'll have some kids in a different room doing uh, physical education where they're getting to play in the gym and um, play some fun games. And then in another room, you may have some kids doing arts and crafts. Then in another room, you may have some kids cooking or learning to cook on our trolley cart, which is our mobile kitchen. And so we have a variety of different programs and things that go on and then kids kind of rotate throughout the day. This summer we are pleased to uh, offer um, our summer program and the theme of our summer program is around the world. We felt like this was um, an important thing for this year just because everyone has been on lockdown and not being able to go out of their homes and travel. And so we're going to do the different continents. And so with that, we'll uh, show the kids how to cook different dishes within that continent and we'll get to eat it. And so I'm super excited about that because I love to eat. Um, But I I think that um, parents, you know, will get to even uh, get some of the leftovers that uh, we have. Man, that sounds like a lot of fun. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) amazing. What a great concept. Spin the globe, find a spot, and enjoy. Because it's a it's a wonderful planet. So many great things. <laughs> yes, indeed. What is it that, that throughout your years of being the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club, um, can you talk about the incredible potential in our young people, like just their creative minds and their 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 intellect? Um, any particular child or a group of kids that you dealt with that were just phenomenal, and you thought like you know, if they stay at it, they're going to be something big. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We have a number of kids that are really gifted kids in our program, and we have programs that highlight them. We have something called Junior Youth of the Year and then Youth of the Year, where they get to compete on a regional and national level. Um, and those that um, are finalists actually get awarded scholarships. Um, I know um, you 
the years prior or a year prior, um, Beyonce actually um, selected some of our Boys and Girls Club members to get a scholarship that she was offering, and then they also got to attend her concert. So we are always um, extremely excited for the opportunities that our youth get through our national brand, the Boys and Girls Club of America, um, because we have such a, a, a good name and a reputable name. And so I see the potential in a lot of kids that we serve, and I know that if our program was not around, um, they wouldn't have access to a lot of things such as like STEM learning um, that we offer and um, being able to just get out of their community. You know, we partner with the um, Astros and they've given us tickets every year for our uh, kids to be able to go to their games. And, you know, sometimes our parents can't really afford those kind of extra activities like that. And so we're happy to be able to provide those extra activities for them. And then a couple of years back before COVID, we actually took our students on a black college tour, which was exciting. Um, we had a group of teams that we brought to Texas Southern and Prairie View. Um, and so we, we were excited to be able to do something like that for our members um, so that they can get exposure to um, be able to attend HBCUs if they choose to do that. Oh man, that's, that's amazing. Huge. <laughs> I mean, you're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We are talking to the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Brazoria County, Ms. Amber Newman. Uh, summer camp uh, there is June 7th through July 30th, and a registration for the camp is happening now through May 21st. So what should um, what do parents need to know before sending their child to summer camp? So we just made it as easy as possible for parents. We know that they have a lot going on. So if they just actually go to our website at www.bgcbrazoria.org, there is a space or a tab on our website that says enrollment. And you would just click on that and click on summer enrollment and be able to enroll your child into our after school or summer, I'm sorry, our summer program. We do also have after school spots available too. Okay. And in our notes, Amber, there's a special raffle opportunity for... Oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> That's one of our fundraisers we have going on right now, and the drawing will be held May the 1st. We are raffling off a brand-new car. What? Um, done to us by Yaklin Ford, and so we are super excited about that. We are using those funds to help, like, again, scholarship some of those members who need us most, and then also it helps to offset the cost of our um, summer program for parents because we do offer a sliding scale program that's open to everyone. So this is a, a, big, a big fundraiser and raffle for us, and so the drawing will be held May 1st um, at 5 p.m., and it'll be live on our social media or Facebook and Instagram. Okay, so just so we're clear, Amber, you guys are giving away a what? A brand new Ford EcoSport car. Wow. And the dealership? The dealership is Jacqueline Ford. Excellent. Ford. And then you said the drawing is going to be on May 1st? May 1st. Wow. A whole car. <laughs> a a new, whole a new car. car. A new one. A new one. <laughs> a new car. Without a car note. Wow. Which is that, even that's better. Okay, and and then um, where do I need to go for this? <laughs> okay, hey, I can hook you up with some tickets offline now. <laughs> but we can. You can also call our office for everybody else. Uh, it's nine seven nine three seven three nine six six eight, and you can call and purchase those tickets. 
Um, and it's also available on our um, social media sites uh, through our Facebook page and our Instagram. But if you call our office, um, we can definitely hook you up uh, with some tickets for the raffle. And they're so cheap. They're $10 each. So you can take your chance, $10 to win yeah. a car that's worth 25000 So we would love to have you join us. Ms. Amber, and I'm sure this information is on your website, but for those listening to the podcast, uh, you have... You'll have special needs kids. How will they be taken care of in camp? Yes. So we we actually do um, have some special needs, um, and and those are some that are high-functioning special needs kids so that we can um, make sure that we take care of all of our kids. So that goes back to our ratio being 2 to 12 Mm -hmm. by being a smaller Mm -hmm. setting. Um, That helps us out a lot in, in managing those kids that have special needs that we need to tend to. Indeed. Um, why do you feel that summer camps are important now more than ever? Oh my goodness. Um, Mm. and it goes back to what I was saying about kids having access to the internet. Mm. Um, I know, you know, growing up, um, I, we, we had internet, but it wasn't like it is today and how kids are growing up with uh, cell phones at the age of four and five years old. And that's what they that's know um, because it's real easy to get into a game that you're thinking it's a game when it's really a hot spot for people that are trying to traffic or kidnap kids. And they're in the background, they're thinking they're playing with other kids. And they're playing with adults and they're thinking they're giving kids information of like where they stay and all those sort of things. So we um, definitely mm. know that this is a critical time because people are doing things and it's desperate measures right now for some people because people have lost their jobs and they're trying to find ways to, um, you know, have income and everyone is not doing it in a positive way. And so we just want to be the ones to kind of, we uh, offer the safety for our kids and a safe program. So even when the kids are on those kind of devices, we're monitoring the type of devices that they're on. We also partner with Unbound, which is another nonprofit that is big on human trafficking. And so they have even come in and trained our staff on some some sites that we need to be aware of that um, kids are going to. And so we offer that same uh, training that they offer to us, to our parents, so that parents can be aware so we just want to be a safety net for our kids and offer the parents um, to know that we are just giving them a safe environment for them to thrive in. That's brilliant. Yeah, because there's, there's, as you said, Amber, there's been so much negativity behind this. The the, the sex trafficking game mm-hmm. in the Houston metropolitan area right. is absolutely bananas because of our mm-hmm. access to I-10, I-45, yeah, the, the port. The ports. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, Two it's international very, airports. Exactly. It's so mm-hmm. sad. And it's, it's good to hear that the, the Boys and Girls Club of Brazoria County is up front. And, and, and I'm going to say you do the same thing in background checking of your counselors and those men and women who work with you every day. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We do drug tests. We do background checks. So in, um, even those volunteer in our program, not just our staff, or they have background checks as well. So we make sure that um, our people are people that are vetted uh, so parents don't have to worry about that. Um, you know, we have enough to worry about parents, and that's, you know, one less thing for you to have to worry about. So, so um, on, on that same note, uh, what do parents need to know before they send their child to summer camp? 
Um, we are still under our own mask mandate, so we do require masks in our facility. Now, when kids are um, actually um, for physical ed, they can take those off, that they will be distanced accordingly. And then when uh, kids eat, we rotate so that uh, kids, when they're removing their masks, they're socially distanced so that they are uh, comfortable when they're eating uh, their breakfast, lunch, and snacks. And so we, we just want to make sure that parents are aware that we are still wearing masks. We are still following CDC guidelines. Um, and so that's one of the things we just want parents to know. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's for peace of mind. And, and we, we, we know, you know, we, we can be a very trusting people. It's, it's pretty much in our nature. And, and every day a headline will hit a square in the gut that something happened at this facility or that facility. And it's just really nice to know, Miss Amber, that you guys go the extra mile to provide the best safety for our kids and then the activities that go along with it. Mm-hmm. And you're giving away a brand new car. This is yeah. good. Yeah. This is just really, <laughs> really good. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And what is the, um, I, I missed it if you said it earlier, um, the age groups uh, that, that, that you serve for the camp? Yes, so we um, have kids five years old, all the way up to 14 years old that can participate in our summer camp. And then in our teen camp, we have those older, so 15 to 18 year olds participate in the teen uh, camp. Okay. And so just for more information, log on to bgcbc.com. That's Boys and Girls Club, BrazoriaCounty.com, bgcbc.com. (laughs) <laughs> dot com. Did I say that right? BGCBC.com. Yes. Indeed. Amber Newman, the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Missouri County. The summer camp is happening June 7th through July 30th, but the registration is going on now through uh, May 1st. Am I, am I, do I, did I May 21st. May 21st. Mm-hmm. But you have until May 1st to get your raffle ticket. Ah, that's where I'm confused mm-hmm. up. So May 1st, to get the raffle ticket. Registrations for the summer camp is going through May the 21st. And just log on to the website for more information. Thank you, Amber, for your time and this uh, <clears throat> this great information. Yeah. Yes, thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. And thank you for all of the hard work that you guys do in our community. Yes, indeed. Oh, I see the car that you have on the site. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, somebody can, <laughs> yeah, somebody can, can zoom in that buggy. Amber, is there anything else we need to add uh, before we let you go today? Nope. Um, I just think that, parents, this is a good opportunity for you to get your child involved in a safe summer camp. And we are looking forward to your kids registering. So we take all kids, no matter, you know, those who need us the most. And if you are um, worried about what the fee would be or any of that, just call our office and uh, we'll work it all out for you. We just want kids to have a safe place to go this summer. Indeed, indeed. Amber Newman, CEO of Boys and Girls Club, Brazoria County. Thank you for coming on the Public Affairs Podcast. Thank you for having me. And for everyone else listening, the Public Affairs Podcast will continue right after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uncle Funky Larry Jones will be joining us 
in just a bit. But I would like to welcome on the phone line, he is the interim president of Interfaith Care Partners. Please welcome Tom Bro to the Public Affairs Podcast. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much. And I'm uh, happy to be here today. Indeed. So um, just give us a, a background, a history of Houston's Interfaith Care Partners. Um, how long you all have been um, around and your association with AFA and, and all of that? Absolutely be delighted to. Interfaith Care Partners was originally founded in 1985. We are a nonprofit organization, and our mission is to provide support, education, resources, and respite to caregivers and quality care for those living with memory loss, as well as other challenges due to aging. We're currently in partnership with over 70 Christian and Jewish congregations and other nonprofits scattered throughout greater Houston as we serve together seniors, caregivers, and those with dementia. Um, and we uh, are very excited to announce a grant that we've received from the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. They are supporting us to continue our online programming as well as restarting our traditional in-person programs once it's safe to do so. We currently sponsor four programs, uh, four core programs, the first of which is called the Gathering Place Program. It's a three and a half hour social activity program for people with memory loss. We also have a second family program, which is an in-home visitation program where members of a congregation visit their own members who may be homebound. We also sponsor common ground caregiver support groups and provide caregiver educational events, which include conferences and workshops. And uh, all of the programs that we provide are provided at no cost to families. And uh, we're, we're um, very fortunate in 2020, coronavirus forced us to cancel, of course, our traditional in-person programs, but we very quickly and successfully were able to pivot our services to create virtual and interim programs. And that helped us not only remain engaged with our volunteers and the families we serve, but it allowed us to sponsor uh, online programs that are accessible to all with the click of a button. Indeed. <clears throat> and, and how is that going? Because I'm sure, you know, um, our elders who may be suffering from um, any of the uh, ailments that you mentioned, it, it might be kind of tough to navigate through these uh, computers and devices. <laughs> Uh, and so um, how has the staff been, you know, helping uh, with that so you all can stay in touch? Absolutely. Uh, it is quite a challenge. Uh, a lot of our seniors um, surprisingly are more connected than you might think. Really? And, and I think that that's actually uh, thankful to kids and grandkids who share their Facebook and their photos and their emails and, and getting their seniors online. Uh, some of the virtual programs that we've been able to, to be really successful with, we provide a weekly support group via Zoom. We also provide a weekly 45-minute Zoom social program called The Gathering at Your Place, where seniors can log on. Uh, it's primarily directed to folks with memory loss, and we include games and music, activities, 
and fellowship. We also do uh, virtual uh, conferences and workshops, again, all online, all available on our website. And we've been really, really amazed at the uh, reaction to folks, at the response of folks. To give you an idea, just, um, you know, despite the pandemic in 2020, we were able to mobilize approximately 1,800 volunteers who helped deliver quality care and support to over 2,500 individuals and their caregivers and approximately 52,800 hours of volunteer service, caregiver education, and online program support were donated. And that represents $1.4 million of free care for residents of Houston uh, affected by the challenges and, and coping with the challenges of dementia. So we were just very, very pleased with, with uh, what we've been able to accomplish. Wow, that <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> I mean, that that really is that's great to hear because, you know, a lot of organizations suffered and fell by the wayside. So that's some good uh, news coming out of <laughs> of Interfaith Cares Partners. How did you get involved with uh, Interfaith Care Partners? Wow. I've been on staff 31 years. Wow. Uh, the uh, we originally when we were first founded as an organization, uh, our mission was to provide support, care, and resources to people with HIV and AIDS. And through the early years of serving um, uh, that population, we realized how successful we were that we could serve any population. So after the HIV uh, epidemic uh, changed a bit, we were able to expand our services and support to include other uh, conditions and illnesses. And our, our, our next major outreach was to our seniors and people with memory loss. So I've seen over the years our, our direction and our services expand and grow and to be inclusive uh, to uh, address the needs of, of a wide variety of populations in Houston. Indeed, indeed. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Tom Bro, the interim president for Interfaith Care Partners. They were just awarded a grant from the Alzheimer's Foundation of America uh, to help local residents affected by Alzheimer's disease. Um, and this $6,000 grant is going to help Interfaith Partners uh, continue to run <laughs> the programs uh, virtually at no cost. H- um, how did that all you know, come down, or at least w- when you all filed for it, how did you feel when you got the news that, hey, you got the grant. <laughs> Absolutely. We're very excited. Our, our mission is, has always been to, you know, continue uh, providing online services for as long as, as is needed. But our, our real mission for the next few months is to um, once again reopen all of our sites uh, and reopen in-person programming once it's safe to do so. And when we applied for the grant, 